Welcome to Jesus in the Upper Left, where we're talking about gospel multiplication in the Pacific Northwest. Maybe just kicking this question to you. Do you think that because my church is in the suburbs, your church is in the center of the city, do you think that maybe that's also a little bit of a part of this conversation? Absolutely. I mean, my drive here, mm -hmm. which was like 50 minutes, <laughs> right? Um, so I I move out of, uh, so our, our church, for example, right? Uh, our church is surrounded by abandoned buildings, windows kicked out, a cab written on all the walls. Mm. Right across from us is a, uh, like a sex shop and a male bathhouse. And it, it, it just looks like a bomb went off mm -hmm. in our neighborhood. And for a lack of better words, I, I, I love, I love the city, but the city is depressing. Mm -hmm. The city looks like the chief expressive individualism all day. Yeah. Um, it's just angst apathy, animosity. It's just broken, brokenness. And then you walk into this building and you see people and you see mm -hmm. older saints and younger saints. And it's creating a sense of like, there's people and there's love and there's affection and there is like connection and there's, there's hope. And we, we celebrate the Lord's table every Sunday for that very reason. And mm. the way we celebrate the Lord's table is we're singing loudly and we're coming and it's very tactile and they come up and they receive the elements and you're grabbing hands with, with other members and you're putting your hands on their shoulders. And there is a sense in mm. which we see the brokenness put on display like many other people don't see it. So when they come into that church, and they see unity and wholeness and healing and hope and the, the hope of the gospel, mm -hmm. it obviously has significant uh, implications. So I can see that for sure. Mm -hmm. the, we don't need much, you know, in our city. Yeah. You just need to see a bunch of other people who have joy. Yeah. You know, when you're in the suburbs, things are manicured. And I mean, I don't know about this Right, right. And, here, and I always try it looks to qualify. largely different here than yeah. it does like two yeah, miles this, away. This is a little less service, a little more crime, a little more poverty here. But I think it's different yeah. still. Starkly and if, from if, if you think about it this way too, like who are the people around my church? Antifa, right? Kind of folks. Mm -hmm. What I need to create for them is that, hey, we have, um, we're longing for the same thing. Yeah. What you want is a new heaven and a new earth right? Mm -hmm. You want a utopia where there is justice and there is peace. We just going about it the, the differently. Yeah. I'm trying to show you that that can be had here in this local community. Here you have all these different people from different cultures and different generational backgrounds or different cultural backgrounds, generations, finding unity, you know, centering ourselves around justice and, 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 uh, and hope, right? You're looking at it by destroying the city and starting something new. Well, sin is never going to help you to build something new without mm -hmm. it being corrupted. Mm -hmm. So, so that's part of our reason and rationale for making it open so they can see people. They, they, there is a sense in which the people group we're, we're re reaching is, is in many ways, probably going to be a little different. Yeah. Church planting. Yeah. Even, and as, uh, uh, cause some of our audience will be active church planters or even, uh, folks considering moving to the Northwest, uh, to try to s start a church and, and they might have something in their mind of, oh yeah, this is what a Portland contextual worship service looks like. <laughs> and in fact, 
kind of confession time. So when I first got into church planning, it was in the very early, like emerging church days. Um, and, and so it was, yeah, like it was moving out of like the, the mega church boomer kind of, uh, uh, religious services and goods idea. And it was like, Hey, more, more sacred space. So we knew exactly what that meant. Mm-hmm. It meant you had to add candles. Uh, and yeah, you, you turn down the, the, the house lights and you, you sing older songs and, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm just curious as you guys think through like, um, uh, mission and, and the, and, and even I'll say this, like in my culture and where I church, uh, did church planning in Hawaii, like the, the type of cultural music that was there was like reggae. Mm-hmm. It was reggae or they called Jawaiian uh, with this kind <laughs> of mix of Hawaiian reggae. And then there was, uh, kind of like gray, gray Havens has this, this feel a little bit where it's like folksy hip hop mm-hmm. kind of spoken word, um, where like some of the rhythm is in the vocals mm-hmm. and it, it's, it is more of like this mainland dropout kind of hippie world. Hence my, my lava lamp over here. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I knew, Hey, I, I want to, I want to create a uniquely local mm-hmm cultural experience. Um, and so we had a gifted worship leader and I said, Hey, I I want you to write songs. Let's just write songs for, for this context. And they would be biblically sound. They were, uh, I mean, it was, it was a high value for, for depth in the, the lyrics. And some of it was, was older hymn. Some of it, maybe we do a contemporary song or two, but it was also, let's try to be very, very hyper local. Um, and, and it had a upstrum. It, mm-hmm. it, it had a little bit of a, mm-hmm. of a, uh, yeah, that, that, that reggae feel, a little bit of a, a warmer, tropical climate yeah. kind of, um, feel. And, and so I'm just curious, like how, how much is culture? Um, cause cause you're, you're bringing to like ministry philosophy and absolutely lights on or off is worship an experience where you look around and sing to one another and you see the congregation, hear the congregation, or is it, you only hear the singer? And the spotlight, like that's a, right. That's an aesthetic decision, mm-hmm. but there's, there's, it's either, either you just haven't thought about it and you just do it because the other guy down the street does yeah. it. But yeah. when you think about it, you realize this is a, this communicates something different. The medium is the part of the message. Yeah. Right. So there are decisions. Yeah. Um, so, but how much, and how much is, is, is culture? How mm-hmm. much is like, how do you think through that? And how should a church planner think through that? And I think sometimes like the, the dude that comes from the Midwest and plants in Portland, he overdoes hipster culture. Like uh, I walk into a room, uh, I'm sure. like, I know that guy's not from here uh, because he's the most hipster guy in the room, yeah. right? Yeah. Like he's trying too hard. Yeah. Um, Knows nothing about Portland, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know that was a lot. That's kind of me just riffing on these things, but how yeah. do you process through culture, context, yeah ministry philosophy, all that. Yeah. Well, so, so to back up, you said that when you first started planting, you came in like with the emerging, you know, the emerging yeah, that church. That was going so, on. So we had candles, candelabras, we had, we had all yeah. that stuff. Man. So there is a sense in which um, what, what we can often do is put all of our emphasis on the peripheral things. Like mm. what are the sights? What are the sounds? What are the, like all of that stuff. 
if the most compelling part of your community is the community, mm. then that's going to look largely different in whatever context you might be. So it's going to look different in Hawaii. It's going to look different in the Philippines. It's going to look different in the, you know, in Abu Dhabi. Mm -hmm. It's going to look different in New York. It's going to look different in Portland. It's going to look different in, you know, what's a, what's a, a Bible belt place. I don't know. It's a, you know, something like that. Yeah. So if the, if the, if the most compelling part of it is the community, it doesn't matter how you express yourself. Mm -hmm. There's beauty in that. So long as there's meaningful membership and you guys are doing one anothering as the Bible calls us to do, you're stirring one another on to love and good works and you're helping people to love Jesus better. Like, I don't care how you culturally express that. So you could be like, so I'm, I'm originally from Los Angeles and uh, I was part of a, a church context that was um, largely influenced by Hispanic culture. And so you just saw the ethos of uh, Hispanic culture play itself out in that church life. And then I was part of another church in Irvine and that looked way white. Mm -hmm. And then before I moved to Portland, I was part of a, of a congregation called Greater Union Baptist Church. It was like all black elders in, in Compton. And that definitely had like its unique flair. So wherever you are in, in all those regions, the most compelling part of that community mm. was the community. Mm. And so in, in the same way that, you know, folks used to focus on all the peripheral things, we could often do that with media. And, and, and neither one of those things are inherently bad, so long as the beauty of the congregation is the most compelling part. So it can have different forms, so long as the element is intact, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, I'm all down for like sending out folks to, I mean, even, even when you go to Seattle, it's largely different from Portland, mm -hmm. you know? Um, you go to Olympia and that looks way different from, you know, Seattle. Mm -hmm. You can have different expressions, different cultural expressions as we should. Mm -hmm. So long as that, that, that community is the chief part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I love what you just shared. And I think that the, the, the people, the place, the time, um, all play a factor. I mean, in fact, I could think if I was going to restart, and let's say do something new in t 10 miles from here, I think it would look totally different than what I'm doing right now um, because I'm start. I'll be starting now and there, you know, but I think so sometimes I, I look at all these decisions and go, well, it, it's really, for me, always comes down to three factors. It's, it's what does God want? What's his heart? Mm -hmm. uh, what are our strengths and what are the needs around us? And I think those things do change over time. Like God's heart doesn't change, but um, my strengths change, our makeup change. Like for instance, uh, in our setting, we had a new worship leader step in and he happens to be the leader of a, of a cover band. That's like very, very, very well known in Portland called hit machine. And so he's our worship leader. He's a Christian and he, and, and so it's a big production. I mean, because that's his strength. I mean, he didn't necessarily come and change that, but because we were already pursuing sort of a model where it's like, let's create some continuity with what people are experiencing. That was a great fit, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so he is the big personality, you know, and, and, um, and is it his hit machine band that's, that's playing No, or does he lead with some other, he leads and it's all volunteers from our yeah. church. Mm -hmm. And, and some of those, some of his, connections have come and become part of our church and are now serving with the team, you know, as volunteers, but, um, you know, it's the makeup of the church changes over time. Right. Yeah. And so you, you almost have to pause and go like, well, what are our assets right now? Mm -hmm. And so what's the expression that God has brought us? I think that's, that's, 
a piece to that. So oh, yeah. maybe that changes in five years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we could be meet my, we could be meeting in a junior high, a rented junior high building. Yeah. And we would have no technology right. and no ability to kind of curate that experience other than chairs and doing life together. And yeah. that's totally fine. Yeah. You know, I, I full on agree. We, we deal with the hand we're dealt. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> exactly. In God's providence, we have what we have and <laughs> we just make the most of it. So uh, maybe this is, uh, we can kind of land the, the plane with this question, but I, I wondered, uh, Thomas, how do you guard your se- yourself and the church against the tendency to, to kind of, um, I don't know, turn the, f- the cultural forms, because you're, you're putting some ministry philosophy behind and even theology behind why you do things the way you do them. Mm-hmm. So I'm just imagining like the 1950s, maybe Baptist church, uh, in, in a small town or in like a, a, a gent, like a gentrifying community that, that, that changes over time. Um, and, and it's that whole joke about how many Baptists take a change, a, a light bulb. And you're like, what change? Um, and it's still <laughs> pink carpet and, and they, and they, they have their, their the, the, 95 year old woman on the, on the, the organ or the piano. And it's just, and, and they, they do things a certain way and they might've even been cutting edge 80 years ago. Um, but no one remembers that they just, they've, they've kept their forms and you would even, if you sat down with them, this goes back to some of the worship wars kind of stuff. You're like, Hey, have you thought about putting some rhythm in the music? And like, well, the, that's that's satanic or something, mm-hmm. or the or like, and, and so they would even try to theologically argue for their forms of why they haven't changed. Mm-hmm. And I would argue, right, in that version of like an analog, anti kind of digital church, mm-hmm. they their culture and their forms have become an obstacle mm-hmm. to reaching a younger generation and a, a, a seeker that walks in there and even if they're saying, oh, they want, it's transcendence. And they'd be like, no, it actually just feels foreign. Mm-hmm. So how do you seek to have transcendence, but guard against it just being, becoming foreign or becoming in another 30 years? Yeah. Well, we've just always done it this way. Yeah. Well, I think there's a, there's a sense in which I, I try to remain open with how our culture um, you know, so, so for example, stylistically our worship. So I don't hold to a regulative principle that is so rigid that we only sing hymns, you know, and that's because this is the way this is what, you know, I, I, there's an openness so we can write songs. We can have beautiful composition. We can have a drummer. We can have a guitar player, a cello player, whatever the case may be. There's an openness so long as the openness serves the, the, the purpose of why we gather. Mm. So if we gather to have one voice declaring one single praise to an audience of one, then everything must kind of be constrained to that. How that expresses itself, I'm open. Mm-hmm. So you, you, I like, I do call to worship. I like a more liturgical approach because I think it serves that end. But to the degree that it no longer serves that end, I, I try as hard as I can to crush it. And I'm always asking myself and evaluating, it. does this, 
Is this beneficial? Is this fruitful? Is this just dated? Are we just doing this because it's been done for so long? Um, so I, I'm open. Someone wants to come in and do a spoken word. Yeah, I was gonna ask, would you do hip hop on of, a Sunday morning? Of, of course, of course. I have historically, most of the poetry pieces that I've written for Beautiful Eulogy, I wrote for my church mm-hmm. and I recited them to my church, right? With uh, the beat? Uh, so long as it served the right purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Like I would have no problem um, with a dude coming on on the stage and having like, a, you know, an MPC or for non hip hop folks, it's like a drum machine um, or, you know, having like a, a, a synthesized rhythm so long as it's subdued enough to allow for the congregation to be the primary instrument. Mm-hmm. Right. So long as it doesn't become a distraction for the people to focus their attention on praise and adoration to Jesus, then, yo, let's go. Like there's new technology. I mean, we have a, you know, a Nord stage piano. We just threw in there. We used to only have a, a piano. Mm-hmm. Now we have a Nord, which is like, great. As long as it's subdued and it serves that purpose, so be it. Uh, I think if, if hip hop were um, like a medium that could be used to help uh, stir the affections of our people, so be it. I want to be careful that, you know, we don't do worship in a way that is homogenistic to either side. Mm. It's so white that um, the like folks in our congregation that are non-white are like, yo, this is bogus. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't want to create, well, let's just swing the pendulum so that it's all hip hop to where like 80 year olds in my congregation are like, I have no idea what you're saying, <laughs> you know? So do you, that's, I need, t- to, I need to put, yeah, I need to put earplugs, earplugs in. in. <laughs> so the thing is you, as a, as a pastor, you have to think about the, the, all of that. Mm. It's like you, you mentioned earlier, like you, your job is to like, make sure that every, like you're accommodating everybody's unique needs. Yeah. Um, and helping everybody to have a single-minded devotion to Jesus. Mm-hmm. That is tricky, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we implement electric guitar. Like in some circles that I run in, if I have an electric guitar, I, I, I was just in a church last week and I won't say the church I was in, uh, but it was definitely on the East Coast, right? And no electric guitar, no electric guitar. It was like off limits. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> it would be off limits. Um, and, and I look at that and I'm in their space and I see the beauty in the reason why they're doing it. And I hear these voices and these like four part harmonies. And I'm like, amen. I look at that. I'm like, that's, that's a, that's a form, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. In my context, we're going to have a cello and we're going to have drums and we're going to have electric guitar. It's going to be subdued, but it's, it is what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, it just plays out differently. Yeah. That's good stuff. I really appreciate your, I'll say it again, your intentionality. I really respect and admire. And and it does make me, and probably anyone who's listening, want to pause and go, am I being that intentional? Um, because if anybody wants to start a micro church, a house church, or a prevailing model church anywhere in the world, you got to be intentional. I think you might have to turn that up a couple notches if you're going to do that here in the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um so thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you, Billy, yeah. for having yeah. me. I appreciate our conversation and the charity, which you're <laughs> helping me navigate these things too. So yeah. Thomas, if uh people listening wanna look you up, follow what you're doing, find out about the the, the projects dropping, how would they do that? Uh so you can find my church, which is uh 
my greatest delight, uh, trinityportland.com. And you're welcome to come and visit us to see how we in do person, things. in person, in person, <laughs> but um, you do downloads, right? We can yeah, yeah. So we put me, you know, we put the video, the sermons up online, uh, so that people can find some orientation about how we do what we're doing as a helpful. How do we preach? What are we passionate about? Those things. So you can you can check that out online. Although I I would say that it it definitely doesn't give you the full immersive experience. Uh, I think the the greatest part of our church is the people and, and the way that they love each other well. Um, if you're interested in, in what we have going on creatively outside of my church, you can visit humblebeast.com. Um, and yeah, there's a whole lot of content there to dive through if you're a creative and you're thinking about um, engaging um, intentionally, but creatively, that's a great place to start. Uh, yeah, canvasconference.com. It's a conference that we do, uh, where it's the intersection of creativity and theology, where we seek to help creatives flourish in the church, uh, but not find their identity in their creative work, but find their identity as a, as a member of the church. Um, yeah. So those would be three places you can go and, and yeah, get plugged in. So awesome. So also you can help support Multiply PDX, uh, in this podcast by, by liking, by subscribing and, yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Jesus in the Upper Left. We want to ask you a quick favor. Would you please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and share with those that are in your life that might benefit from the content. Um, hit the notifications button, rate and review, of course, and then head on over to upperleftshow.com where you can find bonus content, opportunities to connect with those around the city that are doing similar work as you, uh, resources to help you, and just a way to connect to the community. We hope to see you again next time.